Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dad Starting Over podcast. And before we get started with today's episode, I want to get a couple of pieces of business out of the way. First of all, I write and sell books. You can find my books at dadstartingover.com books. You can also find my books at any of the major retailers online at amazon.com, Audible, Awesound, Barnes & Noble, and Apple Books. Look for my books titled The Dead Bedroom Fix, which is my bestseller. Now What? A Guide for Men Starting Over in Life After Infidelity, Breakup, and Divorce, as well as my book Red Flags. Lastly, I have started a members-only site to my website called the DSO Fraternity. At the DSO Fraternity, we have live member meetings, access to all of my books at no additional charge in both PDF and audiobook format. We also have Facebook discussion groups for members only. And lastly, articles and audio for members only that you are free to discuss on the website. Check out the DSO fraternity at dadstartingover.com join. And now on to today's episode. On this site, my most popular podcasts and articles are by far the ones dealing with dead bedrooms. The next most popular topic, infidelity. On the way more popular website, Talk About Marriage, the two most popular focus topics on the site are coping with infidelity and sex in marriage. No other topics even come close. So... Bad sex and cheating spouses. That's the bread and butter of relationship discussion on the web. Well, how nice. So, what's going on here? Why are so many people searching for and commenting on issues related to infidelity and sex and marriage? Is it really that bad? First of all, yes, lots of people get caught cheating on their spouses, and a lot of people have shitty sex lives. That's just a fact. Second, there are a lot of men on the internet just trying to figure out how to fix things when they go horribly wrong. They want to know what steps that they can take to go back to banging their wife two times a day. They want to know what they can do to get their wife to fall back in love with them after catching her riding the guy from her spinning class. They also want to know why and how the relationship machine broke down so suddenly. Surely there's got to be a relationship owner's manual PDF that they can download for free somewhere. For the male victims of infidelity... More often than not, the answer they get from their community is some variation of, Dude, stop. Just leave the whore already. He doesn't listen. Just leave is an irrational, knee-jerk reaction that has long-lasting and negative repercussions to the family unit. Besides, 
All these people on the internet don't know his wife. She's really not the evil creature his story might make her out to be. She's just lost her way, and there is still a chance to right this sinking ship. She just needs to be reminded of all the good things that they have going on, and she will snap out of this fog that she is in and come to her senses. This is the equivalent of a guy under the hood of his car, checking the oil and brake fluid while the car is engulfed in flames. Hold on a sec. Let me check the wiper fluid real quick. It looks a little low too. Men are fixers. We apply our rational, annoying Spock-like minds to these dramatic, emotion-filled situations and do all kinds of calculations and what-if scenarios to find the magic solution. We are using our inherent manly qualities of tinkering and figuring things out, and we're applying them to a situation where it not only doesn't belong, but could actually end up making the situation even worse. Sure, the washer fluid is full, but now you have third-degree burns all over your whole body, and the car is a pile of ashes. Drill this into your head. You can't overcome emotion with rationality. Well, I don't understand. Doesn't she realize what she's doing to our family? This doesn't make any sense. Well, she doesn't have any money. How is she going to take care of herself if she's out on her own? The guy that she's with is a loser. How could she blow up her family for a guy like that? If she would just try to have sex with me every day, she would remember how much fun sex is and everyone would be happy. I don't get it. We just renewed our vows. The whole time we were so loving and devoted to each other, and she was having multiple affairs. It all makes no sense. In cases of infidelity and sex, you're not dealing with somebody who took out a spreadsheet and listed all the pros and cons in their decision making. You're dealing with emotion, feelings, human nature. In the world of emotion, 2 plus 2 can in fact equal 5, as long as it feels right. Emotion wins. Every time. Advertisers have known this for decades. Do you want to sell a product? Well, then you show the consumer how bad things can be without it. Show them how everyone else has it, and look at just how happy and good-looking they are now that they have this product in their lives. Create a culture around your product. Create an image and set rituals around your product. Tap into their innate human programming, while at the same time pushing those buttons that release a potent shot of dopamine. Once they feel like they're part of a community, and better than the other guy, and they feel that euphoric high of using the product, well then it's over. They'll pay a premium for the experience of your product. It doesn't matter that it was made in China by slave labor, and it will break in one year. The nerdy guys say, why would you buy an iMac when a PC for half the cost will easily outperform it? They're the same type of guy that says, why would she cheat on me with that loser that works at Taco Bell? See, he doesn't get it. It has nothing to do with common sense and rational thought. It's emotion. It's innate programming. It's human nature. You can't beat it with your rationality, dude. Don't even try. You'll just go crazy in the process. Well, quote, she's nuts. All women are nuts. It's extremely easy to throw your hands up and just proclaim that all women are varying degrees of crazy. It's the knee-jerk way out of actually trying to think, empathize, and understand people who can have a vastly different perspective on life. The problem is, is that once you do get a better understanding of women and their psychology in particular, you inevitably come back with some variation of, wow, it's like she just can't help it. This can be even more disturbing and shocking to a lot of men. I know. Saying that she can't help it seems to imply that she's a child that has no control over what she does in life. No, that's not it at all. Women are human. 
And all humans have a just-can't-help-it line of autonomous behavior. Let's talk about the click-whir effect. In his book, Influence, the Psychology of Persuasion, social psychologist Robert Cialdini breaks down the mechanisms that cause people to do certain things for certain people. He dives quickly into the dangerous world of our autonomous, animalistic behavior. I say dangerous because people really don't like being told that they don't have complete free will in their day-to-day behavior. We really, really don't like being told that men and women have different instinctual drives that govern our behavior. In today's society, we often misconstrue different as implying inferior. That hurts feelings and causes anxiety. People are more than willing to gladly ignore science if it means not hurting feelings. See the uproar from the latest Google manifesto as a perfect example. We humans feel that we digest every important negative information that we're presented with and at least try to create the most rational and altruistic response at all times. Nope. Quote, you can do what you decide to do, but you cannot decide what you will decide to do. Sam Harris. Cialdini illustrates our autonomic programming with something he calls the click-whir effect. Basically, think of a machine that clicks on, and then the mechanism or tape starts spinning. Well, that's the whir. Every living creature has some type of programming in them that is set up to monitor for specific stimuli, the click, and then they react accordingly, the whir. In a particular species of turkey, for example, they have an internal program that says, When I hear the very specific sound and pitch of a baby turkey that has just hatched, I will sit on it to keep it warm. Scientists were able to bring a box into a cage, a box that had no discernible turkey-like features, and they got a female turkey to sit on it just by playing the newly hatched turkey noise. The baby chick noise was the click. Mama sitting on the box was the whir. The turkey didn't think, hey, I hear a noise. There must be a baby turkey inside this box and I must protect it. No, it just reacted. Instantly. No thought. No rationalization. Thousands of years of programming at work. Caldini takes the principle of the click whir and applies it to humans in the form of persuasion. Getting people to do what you want means knowing what specific buttons to click to get just the right reaction out of them. You can mimic certain innate behavioral triggers and watch again and again just how little free will people actually have. The click-whir effect in real life. Take, for example, the infamous dead bedroom situation. The dead bedroom is a response. You were having sex, and then something happened, and now you're not. It's as simple as that. Responses like these, for the most part, are not thought out or intentional. There's no genuine malice at play here. This is deeply embedded if-then programming statements that have been around for generations. This is the kind of stuff that keeps the species moving along. This is biology. Biology doesn't care that you are gold medal dad of the year for the past 10 years. Biology doesn't care that you bring home a steady paycheck and you paid for that new furnace last month. All biology knows is that you did X and you now get Y in return. Instead of using harsh terms like nature or programming, We can also refer to this as emotion. In this case, they're all interchangeable. Calling it emotion softens the blow a bit and gives it a weakened image of silly little girl or weak-willed man, when in fact it can be broken down into digestible and predictable chunks of stimuli response. There's nothing infantile or crazy about it. 
After much life experience and research, I have reached the conclusion that men just need to push the following click buttons in no particular order to elicit the classic dead bedroom or infidelity were responses we all read about again and again. Number one, don't look good. Give no shits about your appearance. Number two, don't stand up to her. Let her do, say, act however she pleases, even when she's being an asshole. Number three, don't be fun and exciting. Allow life's obstacles to give you an excuse to be dull and predictable. And number four, stop being interested in other women. Don't talk about them or look at them. Pretend that they don't exist. Show me a guy who says that he's not getting his intimate needs met in marriage, and I'll show you a guy who will say, yeah, you're right, to maybe three out of four of the items above. When you don't look good, your wife's hindbrain says, not good genetic material for mating purposes, not tr attractive to other females, must not procreate with this male. The were? Uh, not tonight, honey, I have a headache. When you don't stand up to her, and instead just say, yes, dear, 20 times a day, well, her brain says, this male is weak, he can't even stand up to me. How will he stand up to things that are truly dangerous and protect me and the family? The were? I miss being single. When you stop being fun and exciting, her brain says he must be getting older and less virile. Testosterone must be down. He won't be able to procreate successfully or protect me from danger. The were? I'm going out for lunch with Tom, my ex-boyfriend from college. When you stop looking at other women in sexual ways, her brain says, I have no danger of losing my provider. He doesn't even do the most basic of horny male stuff. He ain't going anywhere. The were? Uh, I'm tired. I'm going to put on my sweats and just go to bed. But first, I'll eat these three pieces of cake that we have left over from yesterday. These clicks and whirs are usually not overt or conscious. More often than not, they are subtle, and they pile up over time. The woman is not taking out a flowchart to decide whether or not she still finds her husband attractive. It, quote, just happens. The subsequent whir is absolutely mystifying to the unsuspecting husband. This is when they hear things like, I don't know why I don't want, let, want sex like I used to. I, I just don't. Or, it just happened. We were talking. We had a few drinks. He came over. I'm sorry. If you push the right combination of clicks, and the subsequent were will wipe out your past as if it never happened. Your history as a couple and all the past good deeds are no match for her emotion. But we have marriage vows. Dude, you're not listening. The programming has already kicked in. There's no line of code that says, if marriage status equals true, stop worse sequence immediately. It doesn't work that way. This is the quote of Fair Fog that you read so much about. The spouse becomes kind of an autonomous cheater robot. Beep boop, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Beep boop boop, it's not you, it's me. Beep boop boop, I think we need a break. You're witnessing the whir happening right before your eyes. Everything in her life but the affair is wiped out. You can call this being in love, obsession, or this is not my wife. Or you can say that the other man came in at the right time, pushed the right buttons, and the copulate with competing male were started spinning away. Same result either way. She's cheating. The were has started. You just let the machine run its course, and you walk away. For good. Healthy people recognize the reality of the were. They recognize their capability for malevolent behavior. To combat this, they construct what we call boundaries around themselves. They don't put themselves in positions where clicks are abundant. 
They don't do girls' night outs with questionably sane girls from the office. They say no thank you, and they take their energy home to their husband. They don't keep that dirty text they got from the hot 19-year-old neighbor girl the secret. They tell the girl that it's very inappropriate, and they immediately show their wife. They don't have drinks alone after work with the charming guy from the office. They tell him that he should ask his wife out instead. They don't stay and listen to that hot girl at the office talk about how she would kill to have a guy like him in her life. They say thanks, and they walk away, and they tell the wife about it. And they don't keep messages from their ex a secret. They block the number, and they immediately inform their spouse. Beware of the person who gets angry about having to put up boundaries to their behavior. Beware of people who repeatedly claim, I would never cheat, and they get angry when the thought of boundaries are brought up. This is clue one that they don't have any boundaries, and they're more apt to let their guard down and open themselves up to dangerous clicks all around them. They're in denial of their capacity for wrongdoing, and they project their fears and insecurities onto you. It doesn't take much to cross the line. Not much at all. People are more apt to cross it if the circumstances are right. They are more apt to give in to the impulses and clicks and let the machine take over and whir away if they have the right stressors and the emotional baggage in place. In short, if you come from a broken home, you have a history of abuse, you were sexual at a very early age, you have a history of substance abuse, you are one finely tuned worrying machine. Your defenses are frequently down, and it takes a lot more consistent boundary enforcement to keep the car from going off the road. One common scenario I see again and again. Number one, the wife has baggage galore. Regardless of her past, she became a successful and well-rounded person. Number two, red flags are abundant, but ignored. Her actions are questionable, but they're always short of crossing the line. The man is led to believe that his nagging gut feelings make him a bad person. He looks at all the positives instead. And number three, one or a series of bad life moments, in other words, stressors, take place. A family member dies, job loss, demotion, illness, new job responsibilities. Something happens and it's enough to break down the few boundaries that they have, and they are off to the races. Strange behavior galore. Cheating. Quote, this is not my wife. The robot has been activated. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads, or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood. But none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, 
discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.